Welcome to episode 21 of How We Win. All over this country, ordinary people are doing extraordinary things. We're giving you the tools that you need to jump in and make a difference right now. Mm -hmm. The best antidote to anxiety is action. It's 2020 and it's time to join the party. On today's episode, we've got a report from the field. We'll take you backstage at the Women's March Los Angeles, where we interviewed activists and celebrities like California First Partner Jennifer Seibel Newsom, actress Yvette Nicole Brown, and many, many more, including Seal. Oh, that was a good one. But first, what a week. We're going to give you our top things that you need to know, plus what brought us hope this week, and we have an action item for you, as always. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And and this this is is How We Win. Win. wild week this is what 2020 is going to be like so no buckle up yep every single week is going to be like this (laughs) this is going to be it i can't imagine right now as we are speaking the senate is taking up impeachment Mm -hmm. i have to say i am not optimistic how do you feel about it Nervous. <laughs> uh, this is going to look a lot different than it did in the House when the House was doing their impeachment inquiry. Um, we're expecting the the impeachment trial to move much more quickly. There's going to be a lot less. I'm still not comfortable calling it a trial yet. Fire. Sorry, it's a, it's a It's a little bit of a kangaroo court um, because Mitch McConnell's in charge and he's taking instruction from the from the White House which doesn't really guarantee a fair, thorough, or transparent trial. What we know so far is that he, Mitch McConnell is trying his darndest to make sure that the important testimony happens in the dead of night when the public um, isn't watching. Right. And um, I just, I'm not optimistic. He's, he's in control. He has the Republicans lockstep with him. Right. They're going to try to shut this down as fast as possible, and they probably will. And shame on them. We have a job to do to make phone calls to all these senators. Yes. Call your senator no matter what party they are from. Call your senator. Um, And if they're a Democrat, give them some encouragement. If they're a Republican, encourage them to push back against what McConnell is doing. And uh, this is really important. It makes a difference when you call your senator's office because they know even if they're in lockstep with McConnell, they also have to answer to voters in November. Um, And that is going to be top of mind for them. So encouragement, if they're doing the right thing, um, hold their feet to the fire, if not. And don't be nervous about calling your senator's office. I know a lot of people want to do it and then they don't do it because they're not quite sure what to say. I have answered phones for elected officials before. And let me tell you, if you have been able to subscribe and download this podcast, listen, and then find your senator's phone number, you are light years ahead of a lot of the people who call. (laughs) If you don't use sexist or racist slurs when you call... They're going to love hearing from you. <laughs> it's not It's not as hard as it sounds. And, um, you know, let them know that you're a constituent, where you live. They'll ask probably for your zip code and your name and tell them what you think and how you feel. And make sure that you tell them also that we need witnesses mm-hmm. and we need documents, mm-hmm. right? Witnesses and documents. If we don't have those things, it is not a trial. It is a cover-up. Well said. 
just repeat exactly what Steve said. Look up the number, <laughs> repeat what Steve said. <laughs> Witnesses, documents equal trial. Without that, it is a cover-up. Yeah, so um, we're going to be watching this closely. It's uh, There are things that are going to be able to happen in secret, which is, again, why it's going to be different from the House inquiry. Um, but we should still get a lot of information from the parts that are public. And... Um, and other interesting news, t- turning to the presidential, Democratic presidential race here. Oh, yeah, that's happening. The hit is happening. <laughs> uh, the New York Times made an endorsement, made endorsements. Wow. Wow. That was surprising. May the best woman win. That's right. Endorsed two women, Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren. For president with the distinction that uh, they represent two types of Democrats right now, um, which is it's it's a, it's a little bit troublesome that that's where <laughs> our party is. But it's letting letting people know that they have a couple of good options. Well, it's fascinating to me, too, because this is in the New York Times editorial boards uh, view these two sides of the Democratic Party. Now, first of all, I should say one thing that they did make very clear is after interviewing all of the candidates, mm-hmm. they were struck by how closely aligned yes. they all were yes. on the core issues. Um, having said that, this conversation that we've had on this podcast many times about like who are we looking for are we looking for those centrist voters Mm -hmm. that um you know the obama trump voter right um or are we uh do we need to activate the progressive base and really finally engage in communities that are underserved communities of color who Mm -hmm. um and all that and it made me think about this interview that we had with Anat Shankura Osario, mm-hmm. where she was talking about race class narrative and, mm-hmm. and the way to talk to voters that actually includes everybody, includes both of those voters. It doesn't force you to make a choice about who you're talking to. And um, that's really compelling to me. And I hope that the candidates um, actually do that. Yeah, it had some good feedback and advice, um, maybe that might be instructive to them about temperament about ability to work with others and it was clear that they found the the editorial board at the times felt that Warren and Klobuchar might be better than some of the other democratic candidates as close as their platforms might be in being able to work with others well or um affect significant structural change mm. and i think that was the other thing the editorial pointed out was that um kind of also depends on what you think Trump represents. Is he an anomaly that uh, nobody could have expected? Or is he the inevitability of what happens when your society is changing quite significantly and some people appear to be being left behind that used to be on top? So um, more to unfold, more to think about next week. We uh, have our Iowa episode and we're going to be able to dig in more to the presidential race and uh, what we're seeing on the ground here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we'll talk to Representative Cindy Axney about the Iowa caucuses and, and how that all unfolds. So that'll be. Cool. Oh, yeah. I loved hearing about what those folks in Iowa are going to be going through coming up in February. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's talk about our reasons for hope here, because it was a crazy week, but it was also a lot of really great stuff happened this week, too, that got me really mm -hmm. excited and fired up for the beginning of 2020. Yeah, we had um, the Equal Rights Amendment passed in Virginia in the, in the state legislature, which was flipped just a few short months ago, thanks to everybody who worked on that and voted in that. Right. Um, and that is huge. I mean, we've been waiting since the 70s for that to happen. 1971. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we started working on that. And a lot of people at the Women's March that we talked to talked about the ERA. And we finally have enough states to ratify it. Of course, we have an administration who has said that the statute of limitations has expired on that and mm -hmm. that it's too late to ratify it. But that's something that can be remedied fairly uh, swiftly mm -hmm. with a new administration in power. Another good reason to vote in 2020. <laughs> right. If you needed another one, there you go. Yeah. Um, this was also a big weekend for swing left house parties. Yeah, it was really exciting to see everyone stepping up. We had a house party in every single one of our super states. Big groups organizing, fire it up. You know, it really made my heart swell just like the Grinch on Christmas Day <laughs> to see everyone jumping in and getting activated because like I'm I'm a optimistic person in general um, mm -hmm. yeah. but uh, but I worry because the formula for um, winning on November 3rd it's simple everyone gets involved everyone volunteers and we can win this thing but if if we don't get involved, if that doesn't happen, if these teams don't get built out, mm -hmm. um, Trump very well could uh, win re-election. Yeah. And that's terrifying. So my my heart is full. I, I am excited to see all the work that these uh, some now veteran organizers and brand new activists mm -hmm. are going to do together. Yeah. Um, so thanks to everybody who hosted. And don't forget to share your pictures um, of hosting or attending. I also want to encourage people and I'll tweet about this. You can you can see the link, but go online and watch the video that Ayanna Presley um, did last week about what it was like to lose her hair um, in the run up to the impeachment vote in the House. She is a Congress member from Massachusetts. Part of the squad is probably how you know her. She's she's new, um, and she suffers from a disorder called alopecia, um, which caused her to very quickly lose all her hair. This is one of the most compelling, just looking at the camera, interviews I've seen in a really long time. And it will touch you and move you and make you realize how powerful this woman is. So please watch that video. Yeah. You so I did see it. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. She's so brave and honest and open and um, shows why she is in Congress now mm -hmm. and has so much support. And these are the, the kind of women uh, and humans that we need representing us. Absolutely. And then um, our final reason for hope this week is... The Women's March. Yeah. Speaking of women, incredible women. An amazing women. weekend. It was so great. It was so great to see um, all of the people still showing up. The fourth Women's March. Right. right? And it was powerful. There, um, The streets were full in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. We got to go out and interview 
So many cool people for this <laughs> for this segment. It's a little bit different podcast for us because it's all going to be a big field report from the Women's March mm-hmm. and um, with pieces of all of these great interviews that we got. Mariah, you were like so busy there, like doing double, triple yeah, duty. I was wearing a lot of hats over the, the weekend. And so I would like run off and, and, and leave Steve with the microphone to do <laughs> his interviews. My favorite moment of, of what we were doing was um the la city council has a brand new council president um our our first latina council president um and i was so excited to see her she got sworn in last week and she was excited to see steve she was but don't say why we'll surprise people with that i I was outed on a a a moonlighting gig that i have (laughs) that was hilarious um there's a lot of shocked faces Um, rusty hicks the chair of the democratic party who who, uh, appointed me as lead chair of our voter services committee here in this great state of california and you know why? Why wouldn't he? Just because I moonlight and do some other stuff. Well, you know? Listen, had he known, you might have been appointed something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also had really cool interviews with California's first partner, as she's known, Jennifer Seibel Newsom. Mm-hmm. Um, the actors and actresses that you've seen for years on TV: Yvette Nicole Brown, Rosanna Arquette, Leah Thompson, um, as well as some political folks. And we also heard from these great organizations who had booths at the march. Really exciting. Yeah, and you also talked to um, that, like the headlining performer at the Women's March, which I was trying to work, but I was also trying to sing along, and he was <laughs> doing a sing along, and then I was singing when he wasn't asking people to sing along. So, yes, I got. I think what could be of all of the plethora of political podcasts that there are out there. There's I may I may have the first interview with Seal. Oh, yeah. yeah. That Seal. Oh, yeah, yeah you know. No. Sorry, uh, I think everybody just got a little bit more relaxed and loose just hearing <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, Melinda, my wife, was very excited about that. <laughs> I showed her the video I got on my iPhone, and she was like, oh, Melinda. <laughs> yeah. Her knees weren't as strong as they were previous to viewing that video. Well, let's uh, let's hear. provides empowerment programs for young girls ages K through 12. The Human Rights Campaign is the largest um, nonprofit organization in the country advocating for LGBTQ rights. Bright Girl is a creative writing mentoring program for teen girls in LA. Bend the Ark is a national Jewish organization committed to making a more just world. Girls on the Run is a non-competitive after-school program. The Grassroots Democrats headquarters is all about Action. Fieldteam6.org. Register Democrats. Save the world. What does being here at the Women's March mean to you right now? Celebrating not only just women, but all of us. I, I think that it's, we're all a community, and we all need to work together, one, to save our planet, 
and just to, just to make our world a better place to live. We're all here united, and we're really, really just trying to make sure our girls can understand that we're building them up so that they can have limitless futures. It is the most empowering thing to stand amongst people that have been here for the fourth time and see that this movement has continued to grow from something that people just began marching and protesting out of anger and are now taking their passion into action. To empower women and have them uh, really find uh, their truest self and their true voice out here and take their power back and really um, take the world by storm. You know, women are the future. Thousands of people all over the country said, no, you know, we stand for a world of equality for people of all genders and all sexual expressions and all races. And it represents a positive manifestation of our values. What's your name? Pam. Pam, and what brought you out here on the fourth Women's March? Because I'm old and I remember what it was like uh, in the 50s and 60s and we're not going back there. Can you believe you still have to be doing this? No, that is an issue that I've asked myself often. Why are we here again? But we're here again because um, patriarchy doesn't go away. My body, my choice! My body, my choice! My body, my choice! My body, my choice! My name is Isabel Martinez. These are my students from North High School in Torrance. Oh, that's amazing. And you all came out together to support this march. What does it mean to you to be involved in 2020? Um... It means showing up, and it means taking action, and it means teaching others how to take action. Make some noise for North High School. Come on. What's your name? Rebecca Ninberg. And who are you here with? I'm with Swing Left Los Feliz. Los Feliz in the house. <laughs> and what does it mean to be part of the Women's March this year? Oh my God, this is essential. This is 2020. Like, if we don't combine our efforts, we can't win. So this is just kind of like this really great kickoff for 2020. For all the women, all the men, all of our allies to come together. And looking at this sea of incredible, beautiful, diverse faces gives me so much hope. I know for a fact we're going to take back all of the houses in 2020. We must recognize that each of us has an opportunity to create a legacy, a legacy of hope, and more importantly, a legacy that is long-lasting. What will your children's children say about how you participated in the dawning of this new decade? I'm here with my good friend and powerhouse organizer behind Women's March Los Angeles, this incredible event, Gina Belafonte. Gina, thank you for all you do. What does it mean to have this event be in its fourth year? Well, it shows how women still need their voices to be heard. It shows that there are still a lot of horrible laws and people who are in positions of power that need to be spoken to with loud voices of the community. Um, You know, we really want people of all races and all genders to come and support each other in our fight against fascism and the capitalist regime that has taken over our lives. And uh, what's your t-shirt say? What's this organization? 
My T-shirt says Sankofa.org, S-A-N-K-O-F-A.org, which is an organization founded by my father and I and Raul Roach, and I am the executive director of it. And we work with artists and thought leaders in partnership with grassroots organizations to create culture and art projects and events to help educate, motivate, and activate our listeners and our citizens to action. What gives you hope for 2020? Our youth give me hope for 2020. Our non-conforming gender citizens and neighbors give me hope for 2020. I give myself hope for 2020. This March gives me hope for 2020. And my daughter, who's 23 years old, who helped me emcee the morning rally stage to kick off the march this year and last year, gives me a tremendous amount of hope, she and her community. Thank you, Gina. You give me hope. I am grateful to each and every one of you for what you do to make this state and this country better. And I know that in California, the best is yet to come. I'm here with California's first partner. What does it mean to be here at the Women's March for its fourth year? I mean, this is an election year, and it's the centennial of women receiving the right to vote in the United States of America. It's a really important um, statement of the importance of women congregating and coming together with our allies um, to stand in our power and exercise our right to vote. And I'm just really proud that there's still this energy and enthusiasm and excitement and really um, know that good things are, are coming. Good things have happened since the first Women's March, you know, in terms of women gathering around the environment, women's rights, anti-gun violence. <laughs> yeah, and California is leading the way. You know, I like to say that we're like the test tube for progressive policies and showing the world, leading the world in that, you know. How can we continue to uh, be advocates and lead as, as yeah, I mean, citizens? Great questions. I mean, I think California has to continue to lead. and We're really trying out of uh, the governor's office to lead when it comes to equality for women. I, women do need seats at the tables of power. We have really important perspectives and voices, and I think that's one thing that we're doing pretty well in California, but we have to continue to lead on. Um, it's one of the reasons I'm leading on pay equity and women on corporate boards and benefits for um, working families. We call it the parents' agenda up in the Capitol. Um, another thing really is is um, focusing on the future and what we're leaving for future generations, if anything. And so obviously the environment's first and foremost in terms of an, an agenda that we all have to champion. And, and then obviously inequality. Homelessness is staring us all in the face. And um, I think women can lead, and I think that we have to pay more attention to how we are um, supporting moms, homeless moms and their children to stop that cycle of poverty. There's some incredible organizations doing good work, and I'm excited for all the governor's efforts in terms of rolling out um, his agenda to solve this homeless crisis. That's great. One last question. What gives you hope for 2020? What gives me hope for 2020? Um, I just think women are recognizing our power and standing in our power and coming together collectively um, we still have a lot of work to do to, to really focus on our common humanity and what we have in common and how we can advocate for each other's agendas. Um, but, but really, I think, you know, women are saying our power. I think men are recognizing the power of the feminine, and we're all kind of recognizing the need to, um, to move forward together because we have major systemic problems in this country. And if we don't all come together, there's going to be nothing left. <laughs> 
So I do have hope, though. Because That's I a know. fair point. I know, I know, I know, I know. We are coming together, and thank you so much for being for kicking off this event. Uh, First Partner Newsom, thanks for being here. Thank you, I appreciate it. Okay, Yvette Nicole Brown, you said this is your third. Why do you keep coming back every year? You know, it's a way for me to kind of be reminded of why we're fighting. Because sometimes when you're fighting, you feel like you're alone. You feel like you're the only one that thinks this is ridiculous, what we're facing as a nation. And then I come here and I see people of all colors and shapes and sizes. And I go, we all get it. We're all here together. It's a reminder that we have to stay in the fight. And what gives you hope as we kick off 2020? (sighs) What gives me hope? It's always darkest before the dawn. I've been thinking about that, that phrase a lot because it feels really bleak right now. It feels like all is lost. And I, I know that's not true. I know that's a trick. So that's what's giving me hope. The darker it gets right now, the brighter it'll be on the other side of November 2020. And that's what I just keep telling myself. It's going to get better. Thank you for the goosebumps. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Very and they, needed. Yeah. And they want, they want us to feel hopeless. They want right? us to feel like all is lost because then we stop fighting. If you think no one else cares, you don't come to the Women's March. You don't vote. You know, you don't campaign for your a candidate of choice. And I think what's most important as we all pick our, pe- our person and fight in the trenches of the primary is to remember it doesn't matter who you love right now. You will vote. For whoever wins the Democratic nomination, you will vote blue up and down that little sheet they give you. This is not a game. We have learned what can happen if you just vote for president. We end up with a Senate that looks like Mitch McConnell's Senate. It does not help. I don't like that Senate. I don't like that Senate. It doesn't help if we don't have people across the board that care about people. People forget that we have a government so that we can be taken care of. Not that we can be, uh, a boot can be on our neck or we can be pushed down. They're there to help us. So you need people in there that actually love people and want to make their lives better. Isn't that a novel concept? So vote blue no matter who and up and down, up and down the ballot. Are you ready to fight? Are you ready to win? Are you ready to save our democracy? Ready to take our country back? Let's get to work. All right, I'm here with Rusty Hicks, chairman of the California Democratic Party. California is uh, doing some amazing things with a coordinated campaign that includes not just members of the California Democratic Party, but other grassroots groups. Can you talk a little bit about what's going to be, what 2020 is looking like strategically? Well, the reality is, is that a lot of folks have been doing great work across the country and certainly here in California for a long, long time. Uh, Far too often, they've been doing that work in their own backyard, in their own silo. And what we have tried to do is say, let's all get in the same room. Let's actually coordinate that activity. And by doing so, let's increase our capacity, our ability to have a bigger, even bigger impact on the national stage. Let's win more in California. Let's double down on what we can win on the local level. Uh, and so, really, it's, it's w- what we have with the uh, California Democratic Party. The party has crossed 12 battleground counties, opening up 14 offices, having full-time staff that is focused on helping to coordinate our uh, elected partners, our progressive allies, uh, our labor unions, our grassroots activists on the ground to maximize that activity. So, I'm incredibly, 
incredibly excited about all the great work that we're going to do. Certainly the stakes are incredibly high in 2020. So what brings you hope for 2020 in this next year? 290 days. 290 days until we replace Donald Trump, remove Donald Trump from the White House, yeah. uh, if not sooner. You know, if the Senate will do its job, uh, we might be one step closer to President Nancy Pelosi. Who knows? Uh, but, but I do think whether it's through an impeachment trial and removal from office or we actually march uh, to the ballot box uh, in November, uh, that's what gives me hope. Chairman Hicks, thank you so much. Looking forward to having you come sit down with the podcast and have a longer conversation about all this good stuff. Uh, absolutely a great way to uh, lock me in on tape that will absolutely do it. Thank you, Rusty. Take care, man. Rosanna Arquette, thank you so much for being here. What does it mean to be part of this event? Well, I'm um, I'm proud to be here with my with my fellow uh, activists, artists, women who are all and and men and good men like you here. Oh, and that's what we have to acknowledge: are all the good men that are here to support us, our allies. And that's really incredible because what people forget are that that um, there are wonderful men in the world that are here to support women, and that they know also the people that understand that. When you uplift women and put women in power, it's, it's just good for the world. It's good for our culture. It's good for everybody. Yeah, and you've been uh, very vocal using your platform, using your voice. First of all, thank you for doing that. Um, what are your plans for 2020? Uh, to keep moving forward, to um, see justice served for the women that were assaulted and um, abused by um, Harvey Weinstein. And I hope that that... That turns out to be where justice is served, finally. I mean, you know, he's got now, uh, he'll be here, uh, you know, at the, court, well, at the courthouse. Because um, uh, now there's a Los Angeles uh, uh, suit, indictments, um, and one with the woman who was on uh, 16 at the time. So you can add pedophilia to his list of crimes. Yeah, he's got a long list yeah. there. And he'll be held accountable. Um, and speaking of holding people accountable... We have a Senate that's blocking a lot of legislation. We have a president that uh, thinks he's above the law. Um, and that's terrifying because um, at the end of the, 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 the fact that they're trying to twist our laws, that we have criminals um, running the country, and they are criminals. Everything they're doing is criminal. I mean, it's been proven. We have the facts. We have the evidence. And, and that Bill Barr keeps you know, obstructing justice when he is supposed to be there you know, protecting it. Um, it says it all, but I, uh, we just have to keep going and moving forward and, and exposing, you know, the corruption. So what's your, what brings you hope for 2020? This, uh, galvanized, uh, movements, you know, um, people, people have the power at the end of the day. We really do. And, and, um, it's really sad that we're so split. I hope that some way we can, it can, we can come together in some ways. I mean, we really, there's, it's so... It's so split that how are we going to come together? And that's that's the work that we all have to do in some way. And it's hard. It's hard. I know. Like I, uh, at this point, you know, I used I used to be able to have a conversation with someone who was a Republican, and and I could have a. I, I, if you're still a person that is supporting this toxic regime, 
I, I it's like for me, it's as bad as like uh, going and sitting down and having a meal with the Nazis. I mean, it's it is that bad because how can anyone with everything that we're seeing that means you hate women, you hate the planet, you hate black and brown people, you hate homosexuals, the LGBTQ community, you hate anybody who's who's different and not a white male. And and that that's that's what's so dangerous. What's happening into our, our our country right now? I'm sorry. I'm like, I have I have ADD very badly. So like, people are coming in like waving, and and then I lose my. Sorry, no, no, sorry. no. It's I'm, 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 I'm no, we're, back, we're backstage. It's loud. Yeah. There's all this energy. It's really it's it's exciting for me to see. You know, this is just as big as last year, if not a little bit bigger. Yes. That's what we need going yes. into 2020. And it's just going to grow and grow and grow because our voices will be heard, and we're not going to be silenced. And that's it. And this. This is what America's is. It's the voices of the people. They work for us. We don't work for them. Well, Rosanna Arquette, thank you so much you. for talking thank to you. me. To all the little girls out there, when I was little and struggling to learn English, I could never have imagined being the president of the city council. I grew up at a time when little girls that look like me and talk like me never dreamed of this day. So I want to tell all the little girls out there, dream big. Work hard, do incredible things, because you too will be next. Thank you very much. Que viva la mujer! And what's giving you hope as we start 2020? Every time I see young people in the audience and I see the diversity in the audience, I've got to believe that the rest of this country has to move in this direction. We have to inspire a young generation of women to lead and to be able to exercise their right to vote. You know, we have to believe in this new generation of, of activists that are that are being inspired by, by what we're seeing in, in Washington. So I'm very inspired. I just want to make sure that people turn out to vote because that's the most important thing. Thank you, Nora Martinez. And who's your favorite spin instructor? Steve Pearson's my favorite <laughs> pin instructor. I used to take his class at Blazing Saddles at 6.30 in the morning. Woo-hoo! If I was able to make it to your class to go home, take a shower, and go to work, I would. He had the best music. And the best attitude of anybody at six thirty in the morning. So that's right. You got blazing saddles. It's a family there, and you are you are you are amazing. So I'm so proud of what you're doing, by the way. None of that staying in the podcast. But no, no, <laughs> thank you, you have to you have to share it with Shirley. <laughs> yes, I will. It was so great to see you. Thank you. So I'm here with Leah Thompson at Women's March 4. Uh, what brought you here? Why is this important to be here today? Um, well, I've tried to go every year. I went to Washington for the, the big one, the first one. And um, I've uh, been a feminist since the 70s, you know. And uh, you can't accomplish this by tweeting. You have to get out on the streets. So it's really important for women to stick together. It's very, We've been divided through history. And... You know, I mean, I've had people laugh at me when I say women are the biggest oppressed my majority of the world. They laugh at me like women have all this power and the ERA is still not ratified. I fought for that in the 70s. It's still not ratified. What the, I mean, it's insane. It's insane. I don't know why people are so afraid of women. I don't know why we're afraid of ourselves, but... It's really important that we all get together and celebrate like this, our advocacy. I mean, I was sick this morning, but I was like, I got to come out. I got to march. You got to get your feet up. You got to march. You got to 
stand up for the candidates you believe in. You have to canvas. You have to, you know, bring up those difficult discussions uh, with people that maybe are on the fence. And you have to march. What brings you the most hope right now coming into our election in 2020? Um, Hope? Uh, Sisters are doing it for themselves. I mean, that's happening right now. Um, uh, It brings, I don't know. I mean, I've lived a long time. I've seen a lot of things. And I remember always thinking that the Democrats and the Republicans were, you know, the Republicans were basically okay and that it was all going to be okay. But But lately I've really seen, I mean, obviously we've seen, um, the teeth come out and this insanity. This is a very, very dark time in America. And it's uh, scary for me because I had that Pollyanna attitude. Like, everything, you know, most people are good and most people care and most people are decent. I mean, this is not decent in any way, shape, or form. This is not, uh, this is not proper Christian behavior. I, how does this Christianity in any level, what, what this... Uh, presidents getting away with what they're doing what they did to Obama you know with Merrick Garland that was just that the gloves had you know what they even I mean you just get so mad okay so you get so mad but when you come out here you get to see some people and feel the same way we're all trying to fight for something in, in a decent way and try to get something done so your organization swing left thank you for for your hard work and i uh, i i follow you i get your newsletters i donate and i appreciate all the grassroots organizations that are that are doing something because most of us don't have time so what's great is to donate to to organizations that that are good at organizing because i'm unorganized personally <laughs> very well said <laughs> Even though you're a little sick this morning, you came here anyway, and that's that's your warrior. So, Leah Thompson, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is our year to turn the tide on the very challenges that face women every day at the border, in the workplace, in the boardroom, and in the halls of the United States Congress. I'm here with uh, Christy Smith, Assemblywoman Christy Smith, running for Congress in the 25th District. Thank you for being here. What does it mean to be part of Women's March Los Angeles right now? Thanks, Steve. It's good to see you again. Um, It's a fantastic day to be here because I think for so many of us who have been fighting the cause of righteousness now for several years since election night of 2016, we realize that a lot of those challenges are not behind us yet. And the ability to come together, to rejuvenate, to head into our primary season, March 3rd here in California now, speak truth to power and, and talk about the changes that we still need to make. It's a good day to do that. And what gives you hope for 2020? What gives me hope is a lot of things. I think young people, I mean, again, you know, in the last couple of election cycles, we've seen young people engage in a way like never before. They are really embracing this election and not backing down from that. I think seeing voters who had traditionally been disengaged become engaged because they're just ready to kind of put this rough period of American history behind us and move on to something positive and new. I think that's really inspiring to me. And I'm just inspired by the notion that, um, for better or worse, people are, are fed up. And that is going to motivate people to go to the polls. I'm fed up. I'm motivated. <laughs> Thank you so much, Christy. Best of luck. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Good to see you. Oh, 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 oh,
So uh, I'm here with Seal. What, what brought you here? What made you want to be part of this amazing event here, the Women's well, Party? Well, because it was in celebration and acknowledgement of uh, women's voices, and I thought that it would be important to be here. To, 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 to show up and, um, and show my support. That's why I'm here. Thank you so much. You're so generous with your time to be here. No, it's standard procedure. <laughs> it's only time. It is time. So it's 2020 now. Um, do you have any plans for this year to uh, be involved politically at all or with any causes that you want to highlight? I'm more focused on people. I, I, I'm, I'm more focused on, on, on connecting people, not only with each other, but perhaps more importantly with themselves and doing whatever I can do to facilitate that, whether it's music, whether it's speaking. I'm more interested in, in, in what begins at home uh, and a lot closer to home. And, and uh, um, for example, I, uh, there's a song that I, I've been writing for last year called Person in the Mirror, and it pretty much sums up what I'm talking about. You know, so I'm less, I'm less concerned and less focused with politics. I don't have the time or the patience for it. Um, I do, however, have a lot of time for people and connecting people. And that's where I think great change will come. You know, this, this notion that we have somehow, that mankind or our society has somehow lost its way. That is nonsense. We haven't lost our way. What we have done is we've lost the ability to connect. We're not connecting. We're not. We're 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 allowing ourselves to be, and myself included, by the way, we're allowing ourselves to be distracted, and that is the problem. We just need to connect because ultimately, I have I have confidence and I have belief in in people. I believe I believe that people uh, are inherently good, and when we do things that are, maybe are not in 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 in. Uh, uh, in, in the flow with that, it's when we're disconnected and when we're afraid and when we're not when when we're not communicating. So my focus will be on connection, on people, and less on politics. Thank you, and that's that's what we have to have the focus on is connecting with each other because uh, those that seek to divide us are the ones who seek to diminish our power. So exactly. Yeah. exactly. So what gives you hope for 2020 for this next year? My children, my children give me hope when I look at the people that they're that the adults that they're, that they're turning into and the views that they have and, and, and the fact that they lead from their heart and they're governed by their heart, that's what gives me hope. That gives, it, it restores my hope in, and my faith in humanity. Seal, such an honor. Thank you for speaking with me. I appreciate it. And thank you for taking the time. Thank you. We impeached him. We know it's forever. We don't know whether we'll get rid of him before November, but in November he's gone because we can't lose. Here with the amazing representative Karen Bass, who did one of our early interviews on the podcast and now is part of Women's March Los Angeles. How does it feel to be here for Women's March LA 4? It feels wonderful to be here, to see all of the activity out here, all of the people of every generation, of every color, I walk through the crowd and have the confidence that we're going to be able to fix this situation. If we can't get him out through impeachment, we got 10 months to go. But for the future of our country and, frankly, the planet, we know what our job is to do. And I think the women here today are going to help us get it done. Right. And so the last time I saw you, we were on a plane together heading to D.C., and you said uh, that the Republicans weren't really coming around on impeachment. Any movement there? Has anything changed? You know what? I think, unfortunately, they are all scared. 
if the situation was reversed, there's no way in the world my election would be more important than my ability to sleep at night, my ability to hold my head up, integrity, honor, and the fact that they're trading all of that in, I think it's just really sad. Well, what gives you hope for this coming year? Looking around today, that's what gives me hope. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today and for stepping up and taking action. This is How We Win. We want to hear from you, and we want your story. Send us a note or even record yourself and email it to podcast at swingleft.org. Thanks to all of our subscribers. We had a whole bunch of new people who subscribed this last week. Thanks, y'all. So thanks for finding (laughs) us and joining us. Um, I would thank you personally, but that would take forever. If you aren't a subscriber yet, please do subscribe and rate on Apple or wherever you get your pods. Uh, Share us with your friends and family and help us build this megaphone for the resistance. Use the hashtag HowWeWin2020. Share our page at swingleft.org slash podcast. And as always, make sure you sign up to volunteer. That's the most important. We really appreciate you being here with us and we're excited to bring you more next Wednesday. See you then. MSW.